Let's open them up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to start off with uh, verses 1 through 7 here. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, you got to love this time of year. Amen. All right. And it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place while uh, Quirinus uh, was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife. He was engaged to her, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. So today I want to talk about the arrival of Jesus. I want to talk about the arrival of Jesus. Last week I talked about the divine announcement, right? The angel appeared and announced that he was coming. But today is the arrival of Jesus. He came on the scene into the natural realm. Say natural realm. Now, I want you to notice something here. I see we have a lot of visitors. We want to welcome you. So I might say some things I did last week, and I'm going to say them again. But I want you to notice it said that Mary brought forth her what? Firstborn son. Say firstborn. That means she had more after Jesus. She did not remain a virgin. It was only for the birth of Jesus. Amen? So she had more children after Jesus, uh, but he had to be the firstborn from Mary, amen, who was at the time a virgin. Mary was forced to give birth to Jesus, I love it, in a stable and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the motel. Right? All right, I love this. I love this. I love that Jesus was born in a barn. Your parent, your mom or dad ever say that to you? Man, you, what, you born in a barn? Well, if if you say yes, you're in good company because Jesus was too. Amen? Absolutely. Because it totally goes against every worldly mindset about how a king should enter this world. Oh, come on, somebody. It goes against every worldly standard that you can think of about a king. That's why so many religious people downplayed Jesus. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come on, somebody. Amen? Because after all, a king, the Messiah, man, it should be glamorous. It should be ritzy. But he came in a way that did not meet the expectations of many people. And they missed God's visitation to the earth. They had wrong perceptions. They, they had wrong perceptions and wrong expectations. After all, like I said, surely, man, the king, he's going to be born in a palace, right? In wealth and riches. Surely the blankets that he's wrapped in, it's going to be the finest of linens, right? Surely he would be laid in the finest gold-plated crib ever to be made. Not a feeding trough for animals. That's what a manger is. It's a feeding trough for animals. Surely the Son of God would be too high class to be raised in Nazareth, right? 
Like I said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I think that's been answered. Amen. But surely the Son of God, hey, he would be coming in, into Jerusalem riding in on the, on the best gold-plated chariot. Amen. Not a donkey, right? Right? See, you will believe what you perceive. That's, everybody here has a belief system. You believe something. It better be lined up with the Word of God. Amen? All right? If your perceptions are wrong, your beliefs will be wrong. And that's called deception. Amen? Or ignorance. So I want to give you a caution. The Holy Spirit said this. He goes, I want to give the people a caution. A gift or answered prayer may come in a package that you don't expect. The Holy Ghost is trying to bring something into your life and you're fighting Him. Because your expectations are totally wrong. Be careful about your expectations. Amen. Mary was rejected by many because the process did not make sense to them. Even Joseph was getting ready to put her away and break off the engagement until the angel came and said, hold on, God's doing this. Amen. So what's the lesson we are to learn there? Some things may be birthed into your life that will not fit your expectations, but it is God working. Amen? You will, but you, you will see and discern God's hand. Will you receive it? Will you see God at work in it? Amen? Go to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14 here. Many things in my life personally. Think about this. I want to tell you this. Many things in my life that I thought were just a loss and tragic, God turned it around for good. I mean exceeding abundantly. So whatever has happened in your life, whatever tragedy happened in your life, just know God has not forgotten about you. He can turn that around, okay? But your purpose was not hinging on that thing that happened to you. Come on. Look at this. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. I love that. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Say Savior. Who is Christ the Lord? And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, uh, cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, this is what the angelic choir was saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Again, we see here that God used an angel to deliver this message to the shepherds in the fields about the birth of Jesus. And I want to point out, just like when Gabriel uh, came to uh, Mary and gave her the news, remember, Gabriel was very joyful, was he not? But this angel, this one was uh, very joyful as well. This is important to know. You've got to know this. This is so important to know. Why was the angel joyful? You ever stop to think about that? Listen to this. Because they got 
they get the spiritual reality and significance and the amazing impact, the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ would have in your life. Think about that. Angels, listen, the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. I mean, it's, it's common sense, but it's a point to bring up, right? Angels do not have an issue with the flesh. Hello? Angels do not have a problem with fleshly mindsets and unbelief and doubt. They see things spiritually for what they really are. Amen? That is why spiritual beings in the kingdom of God, they get it. They understand the spiritual significance of the Lord Jesus Christ coming on the scene. Amen? So I want you to notice that when the angel appeared to the shepherds, it says that the glory of the Lord shone around about them. So in other words, a great light, a great light was around these angels. I say this many times, but I want to say it for the new people. Angels carry the glory of God on them, the manifest presence of God on them. They reflect the glory of God because angels come and go between heaven and earth. Hello. They come and go between heaven and earth. So they are in heaven in the presence of Almighty God, the, the, the pure glory and presence of God. And they come down, when they come down to earth, they release the glory. They reflect the glory of God that they were in in heaven. It even says in the Old Testament, it says when Moses was in the glory or the presence of God on Mount Sinai, right? Getting the Ten Commandments. It said when he came down from the mountain, it says his face was shining. Why? Because he was in the glory of God. Amen? See, when you spend time in the glory, in the manifest presence of God in your life, it's going to affect your appearance. It's going to affect your life. Amen? That's why we put such a heavy emphasis on the presence of God at Living Waters Chapel. No presence of God, no change. No presence of God, it's boring. We're wasting our time right now. Amen? You might as well go home, put fat pants on, and watch the Brady Bunch Christmas special, okay? Whatever. I'm serious. I mean, we need the presence of God. Amen? But everything about the conception and birth of Jesus was supernatural. Say supernatural. So the angel said that he was bringing good tidings of great joy, which will be to some people. What? Really? I thought it was just us. What? No. Oh, yeah. So to all people. Amen. So listen, the, de- the birth, life, death, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is meant to be received with great joy by all people. God is not picking and choosing who he wants to go to heaven and who he wants to go to hell. It says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord. Amen? Yes. Who, say whosoever. whosoever. That's all. All right. So he is the savior of the world. So the angel gave the shepherds the sign to know this was the savior. This was the Messiah, Jesus Christ. By the way, Christ is not his last name. Christ is a title. Christ means the anointed one, the chosen one of God. That's what Christ means, right? It's not his last name. Okay. Come come on. Who, I'm not going to look for hands who believe that. I, you know, who knows? I mean, some people think it's his last name, but it's a, it's a title. 
That's right. But he, the angel said, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. All right. Then it says that suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. So, yeah. In the past, you know, when I first got saved, I thought it was, I thought a whole group of angels showed up and just started telling these shepherds. No, it started out as one angel giving the message, and then a multitude showed up. Come on, amen? It says, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Now, many times we read the Christmas story and we just pass right on by this. But there is something so powerful in what these angels sang. Listen, they said, glory to God in the highest, in the highest, meaning glory to our God, heavenly father in heaven. He's talking about heaven and on earth. Notice it starts with heaven and then it talks about earth on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Ladies, you're included in that. It's talking about people. Hello, somebody. Uh, By the way, there's only two genders. Man, if I had a dollar for every gender there was, I'd have $2 and a lot of counterfeits. Come on, somebody. Right? Okay, good. That went over well. Listen to this. (laughs) Uh, Now, listen. Other spiritual beings in the kingdom of God. When the, the, the angel gave this message to the shepherds, right? Other spiritual beings in the kingdom of God, they could not hold back their joy and their praise and worship. Listen to this, but listen to this, but us humans say humans, we get so wrapped up in worthless and meaningless activities that distract us from truly knowing, praising and worshiping Jesus. See, we can learn a lesson from these angels, right? Because like I said, the angels don't have to deal with the flesh. They don't deal with distraction. They see pure spiritual truth the way it is. They saw it it the way it is, and they were joyful about it. But we as as humans, right, we get so wrapped up in these things. And that's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to distract each and every one of us from this truth. But we need to learn from those spiritual beings, right? Those angels in the kingdom of God. We should be joyful in declaring the victory that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Now listen to this. All right. So it said this, glory to God in the highest and peace, uh, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. The word peace is defined as this. Listen to this. It is the state or period in which there is, there is no war or a war has ended. Let me say it again. Peace is defined as the state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. It also means freedom from disturbance or tranquility. And tranquility simply means calm. All right? Now the word goodwill is defined as this, friendly, helpful, and cooperative feelings. Now remember, they said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace goodwill, peace and goodwill toward men. Right? So, there's peace. He was, God, oh, I love this. So God in heaven was personally extending peace and goodwill to every person on the face of this earth. Now, someone says, well, what do you mean peace on earth? There's not peace on earth. Guess what? You're right. It's not talking about peace on earth. It's talking about peace in people. Hello, somebody. 
Jesus said, I give my peace to you. There's going to be wars. Listen, the devil is still the God of this world in a small g, but he still runs a lot of things that goes on in the world system. Amen. Are you following me? So this is not talking about, oh, there's going to be bliss on this earth when Jesus came. Absolutely not. In fact, Jesus came, it says, to bring a sword, a sword of division from truth and error. Amen. But that peace, that peace and goodwill is talking about God's motive toward mankind individually. That's what he's talking about. Amen. So what was going on was God was throwing mankind a spiritual life preserver. Because if Jesus didn't come, guess what? God could have said, I, I'm done with you people. I'm done. I'm not, I, I've done everything I could do to try to help you. I'm done. No. But he threw the spiritual life preserver of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, the, the, the horrible thing is people go their whole life without grabbing onto Jesus. And they go to hell for eternity. And then hell, it says, will be thrown into the lake of fire. Come on. Now, that's not just a, a fear thing. That's a truth thing. Amen? That's just truth. But let, let me show you some verses now in the Word of God that describes the peace and goodwill that Jesus Christ uh, was giving us. Go to 1 John 3. 1 John verse, uh, chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Peace and goodwill. God is saying this, I want to end the war with mankind. Oh, think about that. I want to end this enmity, this war, this division with you. God's saying that to you right now. If you're in this place and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, listen, give up, surrender right now. Because God's saying, I want to end this war with you. And he says, here it is, through my son Jesus. Now, are you going to take advantage or are you going to live your own life and go to hell for eternity? 1 John 3, 8 through 9. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. (coughs) For this purpose, say purpose. The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now, it says Jesus was manifested for a purpose. God doesn't just do any, God doesn't do just random stuff. There's always a purpose with our Heavenly Father. Amen? And it said that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was manifested in the natural realm to cut the devil off and the kingdom of darkness off from tormenting you. Come on, think about this now. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came, he said in John 10, 10, he said, I've come to give you life and not just to give you life, I want to give it more abundantly. I want to give you more than you can even comprehend. This thing, this deal of ending this war is so good, your natural mind won't even comprehend it. Think about that now. This is powerful. So the only entry point or legal right the enemy has to attack a Christian is either your willful sin or ignorance. Hello, somebody. 
a lack of knowledge of the Word of God. That's what he's going to take advantage of. What belongs to you? Who, who are you in Christ? Think about this. So Jesus came to take care of the sin, sin problem, but now we need to do something about the ignorance problem. Ignorance means a lack of knowledge. All right? Jesus did what he did for the sin problem, but you've got to do something about the ignorance or lack of knowledge problem. Get the Word of God in your life. Amen? So faith in Jesus destroys the work of the devil, listen, because the enemy has no legal right to attack or destroy your life as long as you abide in Christ. Now, faith begins where the will of God is known. It's impossible to be ignorant or lack knowledge of the word of God and still have faith. Are you hearing me? All right. So true faith requires knowledge. Say that with me. Say true faith requires knowledge. If you're going to have faith, you've got to know some things from the Word of God. So listen to this. Some of you are a little confused because it says that he who is born of God does not sin. So all of you right now, you want to crawl under your seat and be like, oh no, what's up, right? Listen to this. This passage is not saying that you will never sin. Listen to this. Because 1 John 1, 9 says, if we sin, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Are you following me? So obviously it doesn't mean you're not ever going to sin. It doesn't mean that. But it says if you do sin, you need to confess that thing. Get it out in the open right away and start moving forward with God. Come on, amen? amen. Say confess and forsake that sin. All right. This is saying, this is what that scripture is saying literally. It means that we do not have a spirit of lawlessness in a life of uncontrolled sin. I always say it. It means this. You're bent toward God, not away from Him. Amen. Hello, somebody. You're not making sin a habit. It's not habitual in your life. You might trip and make a mistake. Come on, right? But we have an advocate, the Lord Jesus Christ. Get back up. Stand back up. Let's get, get moving with God again. Don't stay in condemnation, right? But this is saying that you won't have that spirit of that lawlessness where you're not even considering God in the equation. You're just making sin just a habit in your life. Amen? That's what it's saying. If you're born again, again, you're bent toward obedience to God and His Word, not bent in rebellion apart from Him. All right? Now go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Now, I do want to point out, notice it says, if you sin, right? The desire is that we live righteously, right? Well, God knows my heart. Yeah, he does, and that's kind of a scary thing, isn't it? <laughs> right? Think about it. Well, God knows my heart. Yeah, whatever. Now, Colossians 1, 12 through 23. All right. Listen to this. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed, King James says translated, translated us into the kingdom of his, of his love, uh, kingdom of his son, of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. 
the firstborn over all creation. That's interesting. You ever think of that verse? For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, Christians, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him, in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on on earth or things in heaven, having made peace, say peace, through the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and enemies in a war against God. Remember what I just told you? In a war against God and enemies in your mind by by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now, so Jesus, it says, is the is the uh, image of the invisible God. Jesus said this. He said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's absolute unity among the Trinity. Amen? Like I said before, they don't sit in a boardroom and argue about what they're going to do. Right? Right? There's absolute unity. But by reading and hearing the Gospels and the Word of God in general, we can get a perfect picture of the heart of God, our Heavenly Father. Think about that. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we can know the Father's heart. We can know his motive toward us. Amen? For mankind. So Jesus was sent to to this earth to destroy the works of the devil and to deliver us from the power. And literally that word power delivered us from the power of darkness. The, The better word you could say is this, the authority. Say authority. The, the authority of, dar- uh, and, and of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So here's, you got to understand something. That word conveyed, that word conveyed here is literally a legal transaction. You know, God in, in everything in the spiritual realm, they're legalists. He does things legally. You want to know what that's called? He's a just God. Say just God. So we have been adopted into the family of God and Satan and the entire kingdom of darkness has no legal right to your life as a Christian unless you give them that place. And that's why Ephesians 4.27 says these words. It says, neither give place to the devil. That's not talking to a, a sinner. That's not talking to an unbeliever. That's talking to Christians. It says, don't give place to the devil. Amen? Because legally, you are in the family of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Amen? But don't give the devil any room in your house. 
Don't give the devil any room in your, in your body, soul, or spirit. Amen? Amen? All right. So we have redemption and forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus. Say blood of Jesus. We have peace with God through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and His resurrection. We were once enemies of God, but now through faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, we are holy and we are blameless before our Heavenly Father. Think about the spiritual reality and the weight of those benefits. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Amen? But, but sometimes it's so hard for us to think about it because we overdose on the natural realm all the time. All we're focusing on is the natural realm. We don't give any thought, any meditation to the Word of God, to the kingdom of God. We got to, amen? Look at Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38 is a powerful picture of Jesus and His purpose and His mission as well. And it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Remember, Jesus said, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So whatever Jesus did, it means he constantly did the will of the Father. Stop questioning whether God wants you healed or not. Come on. Amen. Why are you questioning this? Jesus made it very clear. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit in power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. The devil and the entire kingdom of darkness, sickness, disease, was no match for the Lord Jesus Christ. That came to destroy those works. Amen? So we as Christians are called, listen, we as Christians are called to continue with that victory that Jesus has won. We are called to enforce that victory. That's why we're the firstborn. He was the firstborn among many brethren. Hello, somebody. We're supposed to carry on with the purpose and the work of what Jesus started. Amen? See, we are overcomers. We were created to be blessed. We are filled with power and clothed with authority in the spirit realm. And because of that, we can affect the natural realm around us. Think about that. Now... So we need to rise up as Christians and operate in it. We are, as ambassadors for Christ, we are commissioned to carry on with that. Now go back to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, look at verse uh, 15 here. We're going to carry on where it talks about the arrival of Jesus. As I'm just pulling out little points that the Holy Ghost gave me. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. God obviously told the right people because they had big mouths to go ahead and spread it, right? (laughs) Right? All right. Verse 18. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. 
But Mary kept those, listen to this, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And when the eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before uh, he was conceived in the womb. Now, the shepherds, it says, they immediately left, immediately left after that supernatural encounter with the angel and angels, that they left and went to Bethlehem and, and to check out, hey, what's going on? We're going to follow this. We're going to see if this is true. It says after the shepherds found Jesus, like I said, they made it known. And it said many marveled when they gave all that information. And I, I, I had to pull this out. This jumped out at me. When Mary, it says Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What Mary was doing was she was pondering all the prophecies. She was pondering all the words concerning Jesus, the Messiah, and prepared herself for what was to come and how to raise him. You know, you know that song, Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. (laughs) Mary, did you know? Yes. She did. Some of these songs are just so unscriptural, it's unbelievable. That's why you can't base doctrine on songs. Hello, somebody. But listen to this. There are times when we need to just keep our mouth shut and just ponder things in our heart and wait to receive further instruction from the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? Mary, it said, she pondered these things in her heart. That, and it, what the Holy Spirit brought to my attention was the prophetic words that were spoken over your life, the seeds that were planted over your life. Ponder them in your heart, and you'll see the Holy Spirit give you further insight, and these things will start to grow. You'll see your life take off like never before. Amen? But it says, the Word of God says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they heard and all the things they seen. They were praising God for the confirmation of everything. Don't you like confirmation? I love confirmation. Amen? They saw the Messiah, the Savior of the world, in a humble little manger. Like I said before, a manger was a, a feeding trough. What I find interesting is this. The Word of God says that Jesus is the bread of life. That was a little bread basket. <laughs> it, was the, it was the bread basket for the, the world that brought salvation. Amen? And listen to this. On the eighth day, Jesus was circumcised according to the old covenant law. Jesus had, listen to this, he had to fulfill the law perfectly. Everything the law said he had to do, he had to do every little thing to fulfill that law. Now, because he fulfilled the law perfectly, our faith in Jesus gives us his perfection. Think about that. Jesus, if Jesus missed one point in the law, we would not be righteous. Think about that. Now, look at Luke 2, verse 22. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, 
Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what it is what uh, is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Um, all right, I'm going to keep going. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And, <laughs> and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. In other words, the Holy Spirit literally led him to it. No person said, hey, go into the temple. Christ is in there. No, no. The Holy Spirit revealed it to him. Isn't that awesome? And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Remember, Jesus came to bring a what? A sword to divide truth from error. Amen? Now, so Jesus, it says, was presented to, um, he was presented or dedicated to the Lord. Basically, this was a baby dedication. I got to throw this out there. Baby dedication is biblical. Amen? Baby or infant water baptism is not biblical. Oh! <gasps> There's not one example of an infant or a child getting baptized in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. All right. So to get water baptized, you must be old enough to make your own decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Amen? Amen. But the parents make the decision to dedicate the child to the Lord. Are you following me? So the firstborn male... That opens the womb, it says, is holy to the Lord. And that was very important and had to be fulfilled in the earthly life of Jesus. And so Simeon was waiting for Jesus. And the Word of God says, like I said, the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he would not see death until he physically saw Jesus in the flesh. Now remember, one of the main functions of the Holy Spirit is what? To glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Jesus came on the scene, the ministry of the Holy Spirit shifted to this mission. See, the Old Testament is a picture of Christ to come. Amen? But now that Jesus was on the scene, now the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it, it suddenly increased and shift in its mission. Say shift. Joseph and Mary marveled at the words that were spoken over, over Jesus. Now, put yourself in their shoes. Think about this. Think about the weight and responsibility to raise the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Isn't that amazing? Luke 2, 36 through 40. Look at this. I'm almost done. Hang with me. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, 
the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of, of a great age and had, had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who were looked uh, who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Now, oh, verse 39 and 40. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So a woman named Anna was a prophetess. It says she was a widow of 84 years. Okay? Now, ready? Yes, God uses women in ministry. No, there are no age restrictions. No excuses, people. Amen? Well, I'm just too old to do that now. No, no, no. If you got breath in your lungs, it's good to go. Let's get busy for the Lord. Amen? But it says she served God in fastings and prayers night and day. Now, fastings means she fasted often. See, God valued her ministry, and she obviously valued it as well. But many people wouldn't. You want to know why? Ready? Because there is no spotlight. There is no public ministry sitting in a temple praying and fasting. Oh, my. There is no spotlight. There is no public ministry there. It's all private. But God valued it. See, the things that you don't honor, God puts higher honor, it says. Think about that now. Amen? So, um, she was serving God with fastings and prayers so the will of God would be fulfilled. And, and that is the mission of fasting and prayer. Amen? You're giving you're God access into the natural realm with your prayers. Hello, somebody. So Anna recognized Jesus by the Holy Spirit. She was in tune with the Holy Spirit. I love that. Say in tune. See, you can be out of tune and not hear from the Holy Spirit. You've got to be on the frequency of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Just like your radio, you've got to be on the right frequency. Amen. And the way to tune that frequency in is by getting into the Word of God and shifting your focus on the Lord. Amen. All right. So when you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, He will reveal things to you that He won't reveal to others. You will discern things that others won't. Amen? Think about it. After fulfilling all these old covenant requirements in the, uh, of the law for Jesus, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, it said they returned to Nazareth. All right? And, and here's, you got to get this right now. Are you ready? Listen to this. It says the child, Jesus... It says he became strong in spirit and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Now, I know when you read that, many of you are thinking, well, of course he was. He was Jesus, right? Listen to this. I want you to notice it says he became strong in spirit. He wasn't automatically strong in spirit. He became strong in spirit. He wasn't automatically filled with wisdom. He was filled with wisdom as a process. Hello? 
He wasn't automatically strong in spirit, as many assume. He wasn't automatically filled with wisdom, as many assume. Jesus was a man. Yes, he was the God-man, but he still was a man. And he had to go through the same growth process as you and I. What's our excuse? Think about it. Come on. He, Jesus made the effort. He made the effort, and because he made the effort, the grace and favor of God was upon him. Stop just thinking, old Billy, yeah, that was Jesus. That was just, no, it says he was the firstborn among many brethren. Oh, some of you are, some of you just dead religion swallowed you right up. Things you learned in the past, you're just, you just, you lost it right there. Hello, somebody. Listen to this. You want me to really blow your mind now? Jesus had a free will. He could have avoided becoming strong in spirit. He could have avoided being filled with wisdom. Are you ready for this? He could have even avoided the cross. Do you realize that? Jesus could have walked away from it all. The Garden of of Gethsemane. Remember? He was in there. Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. You don't think he was tempted? Hello? He could have walked away from it all. And just as Jesus could, guess what? There's some in this place. You have a free will. You could walk away from the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Or you can get closer to him. And your life can start to get changed, rearranged, transfigured into something more beautiful. And you can walk in the power of the Holy Ghost like Jesus. But it's up to you. Amen? But the power in his life. Here's what the Holy Ghost said. Are you ready? The power in the life of Jesus came from this. It came from his free will becoming submitted to the will of his heavenly father. That's the power of Jesus' life right there. And guess what? There are no shortcuts for us as Christians. Our life needs to be submitted. You know what submitted means? That word, the prefix sub is in there. It means to be put under. We need to submit, be put under the will of our Heavenly Father. And that's where true power is at. And that's what Satan is trying to distract you from. Submitting. What did Satan say? I will become like the Most High. I will. Putting his will above the will of God. And guess what? Got him kicked out of heaven. And he's going to be in the lake of fire for eternity because of it. There's no more saving him. He's done. Hello, somebody. And the moment you take your last breath on this earth, game over. There is no purgatory. You will not be prayed out of this little waiting room up in heaven. Hello, somebody. That's a lie from the pits of hell. I said, that's a lie from the pits of hell. You have right now, right here, while you have breath in your lungs right now, while your heart is still beating, that's your only chance right now. Think about it. We could drop dead right now. Are you kidding me? We are all hanging by a moment right now. We're all hanging on one heartbeat. We are one heartbeat away from eternal life. Where are you going to spend it? It's a wake-up call time. Amen? Jesus came not only to deliver us from the power of darkness, but it says he became our example. Say, he's my example. 
He is the firstborn among many brethren. So Jesus was indeed sent to this earth for a divine purpose, and he fulfilled every single prophecy. He fulfilled every part of the old covenant law. Now it's up to every person to put their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and commit to live for him the rest of their days on this earth. Jesus arrived and completed and finished his, his mission with absolute perfection. He was and is and always will be the perfect gift to mankind. Let's stand up in this place. Prayer team, come on forward. Now maybe there's someone in this place. Your heart was pricked today. All of a sudden, you have a revelation. You have a revelation that you are one heartbeat away. You are one breath away from eternity. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. Don't be embarrassed. Come down and just pray with one of our prayer team members this morning. Just settle it. If you're backslidden, if you're backslidden, it's too big of a gamble. I wouldn't want to take my, my last breath in a backslidden condition. That's all I'm going to say. Amen? If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, you want to make things right. You want to end the war. You want to end the war that's raging in your soul. You know you have no peace in your life. Absolute zero peace. It's because Jesus is factored out of your equation. If you want to rededicate, come forward this morning. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism with speaking in tongues, Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If you want the Holy Spirit baptism and you want to pray in tongues, come on down. We'll talk to you about it and pray over you. If you need prayer for anything else, uh, come on down. We'll stay as long as we can. And um, oh, visitors, thanks so much for coming today. We hope you had a great time. Barry, it's all you. Mm. Mm.